Kendall, if you will, take your Bibles and turn to Mark chapter 15. Mark chapter 15. Message tonight entitled, I am Barabbas. Mark chapter 15. We'll we'll begin by reading the first 15 verses. I hope you have your copy of God's Word, but if not, it will be on the screen behind us. If you will, stand to honor the reading of God's Holy Word. Mark chapter 15, we pick up in verse 1. And as soon as it was the morning, let's try that again, and, and as soon as it was morning, the chief priest held a consultation with the elders and scribes and the whole council, and they bound Jesus and led him away and delivered him over to Pilate. And Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? And he answered him, You have said so. And the chief priest accused him of many things. And Pilate asked again, Have you no answer to make? See how many charges they bring against you. But Jesus made no further answer. So Pilate was amazed. Now, at the feast... He, that's Pilate, used to release for them one prisoner for whom they asked. And among the rebels in prison who had committed murder in the insurrection, there was a man named Barabbas. And the crowd came up and began to ask Pilate to do as he usually did for them. And he answered them, saying, Do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews? For he, Pilate, perceived that it was out of envy that the chief priest had delivered him up. But the chief priest stirred up the crowd to have him release for them Barabbas instead. And Pilate said to them, Then what shall I do with the man you call the king of the Jews? And they cried out again, Crucify him. Pilate said to them, Why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, crucify him. So Pilate, wishing to satisfy the crowd, released for them Barabbas. And having Jesus scourged, excuse me, and having scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. Father, take this portion of your word. Take our time together tonight and speak words into our heart that will break down any pride that we have. We pray that you'll do a work in us. We pray that you never give up on us and never cease to work in us. In your name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. We get to this text, the decision had been made. Jesus had to die. All the religious leaders, the chief priests, the scribes, the Pharisees, the Sanhedrin, the council, the elders, all of them had heard enough, seen enough, and knew enough 
to know that he had to be killed. But they had one problem. Here's the problem. They could not impose the death penalty. In fact, that may be the reasons why when Jesus said to his disciples that, I, that I've got to be delivered into the hands of the, of the Jewish leaders and be killed, might be the reason they didn't, they didn't really put a lot of stock in it. It's because the Roman government ran that, ran that culture with an iron fist, and they reserved capital punishment for themselves. So Jewish people could not, the, those leaders could not uh, execute judgment in this way. So when they heard, when the disciples heard that, in their mind they're thinking, well, there's a law against that. The Jewish leaders can't do that. But listen, where there's a will, there's a way. The Jewish leaders knew they couldn't, but they knew the man who could. They knew the man who, who had the authority to put Jesus to death and, if you will, do their own bidding. Isn't that the way it happens sometimes when you decide to do something evil? If you can get somebody to do your bidding, it's a lot, it's a lot better. Even good things. I'll just tell you, I'd buy a gym membership tomorrow if uh, Kevin could go and work out and I'd get the benefit. Y'all got what I'm saying? We always want to get somebody else to do our bidding, and that was the case here. They wanted to get somebody who did have the authority, but they, here's what they knew. They knew that Pilate would not put Jesus to death for something like claiming uh, to be the Messiah. They had to... They had to build a case against Jesus to where he was a clear and present danger to Rome as well as an opposer of Caesar. And certainly they charged him with being king of the Jews, so that king would have replaced Caesar, so that would do the trick. And Mark tells us, if you, if you uh, remember, he says, verse 3, And the chief priest accused him of many things. And Mark tells us that. But I believe it is Dr. Luke that says they laid a threefold indictment. First of all, misleading the nation and forbidding uh, people to give tribute to Caesar. And number three, saying that he is a king. So had, they had the case well built. Now the charges were sufficient that Pilate was faced with a dilemma. They wanted him killed. But here was the dilemma when when Pilate was looking at him, and three times he said, I find no fault in this man. Should have been over. But he also knew that he was put there by the Roman government to keep peace. And he had not done so good because there had just been an insurrection. There had been some murder. And now he had a, one of those insurrectionists in jail. And he, he was under the watchful eye of Rome because of his past failures. So now he's facing this where they want to kill somebody, and he knows if he just turns Jesus loose, there'll be another insurrection, and he knows if he kills Jesus, that he's doing wrong. And so now, in his jail, he has this insurrectionist named Barabbas, and Barabbas might be his answer. The problem for Pilate was deeper than right and wrong. Because if he cut Jesus loose, the streets, which were now ten times the capacity as they normally were, ten times because of Passover, he knew that there would be problems. So he was looking for a way to appease the people, which is a dangerous thing to try to do, to appease the people 
and keep peace and do what was right. And Barnabas, excuse me, Barabbas could well be his answer. I just want to say this, and you can write it down and you can take it to the bank. Frequently, when faced with a choice of right or wrong, which is contrary to popular opinion, majority opinion, it is easier to choose the popular over the right. But Pilate had this thing figured out. He knew that in times past that he had allowed the crowd to choose someone, some criminal to go free here at Passover time. Kind of his ostensible showing off gift to them that he cared for them. And in his mind, I believe that certainly he did not think they would ever let Barabbas go and kill Jesus. He felt like that when he presented Barabbas, they'd go, we can't let him back on the street. Of course, there's another, there's another backstory to that. Since I'm a little bit ahead of schedule, I'll just tell you the backstory. Have you ever thought about it? Barabbas was leading the insurrection against who? The Roman government. He was a Jewish countryman. And we don't know who got murdered, or I don't. But chances are, Barabbas could have almost been a folk hero because he was trying to stand up for the Jewish people and get rid of the, and get rid of the Romans uh, out of their land. I'm just going to go back because at this point, it's so prevalent in the Bible and we miss it, particularly as Baptists. The crowd hollering, crucify Jesus. Pilate knowing what's right to do. It seems to me that in the Bible that the Bible teaches this. When the majority makes a decision, more times than not, they choose wrong. In the days of Noah, regardless of what the movie tells you, I may have to come back and preach a, a message on the real biblical Noah after that movie's out there. In the days of Noah, how many people were, the, were on the ark Okay, eight, seven or eight, eight. Noah, his wife, three sons and their wives. Okay, so how many people chose wrong? In the days of Moses, when he brought them out of Egypt, how many times did the majority say, we should go back to Egypt, it was better there for us. And now in the days of Jesus, the same majority that stood in the streets and hollered, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord are the same people that three or four days later are now hollering, crucify him. You can see the pattern all through the Bible. The crowd to the shock and the amazement of Pilate. Stirred up by the chief priest. Said, we want Barabbas. Let Jesus go. I mean, we want Barabbas, let him go, let Jesus be crucified. I am taken. We do so much study and talk about the prisons and the jails. Have you ever thought about this from Barabbas' standpoint? Barabbas 
was a convicted insurrectionist and a convicted murderer. Convicted insurrectionists and convicted murderers most times went straight from the courtroom to the cross. Straight from the courtroom to the gallows. Straight from the courtroom to having their head chopped off. I mean, it was a straight. There was no, like there are today, 20 or 30 years of appeals. And so... Barabbas is in this prison. He does not know in this jail. He does not know what's going on outside around him. He is just waiting for the jailer to come and open the door and say, it's time for your life to end. And can you imagine when he heard those soldiers coming down to the door? They unlocked the door. And they said... What he never thought he would hear. You are free to go. You deserve death, but by order of Pilate, and because someone else is dying, you are free to go. Wow. When I think about that, I am Barabbas. When I think about that, for those in this room who've received Christ as your personal Savior, you are Barabbas. If you're here and you've never received Christ as your personal Savior, you are Barabbas, but you're still in prison. You're in the prison of your sin. I want us to take just a few minutes and look at three, three characteristics of Barabbas that are very similar to us. The first characteristic about Barabbas is that he had an undeniable heritage. An undeniable heritage. As far as I know, and Brother Terry, uh, so much more schooled than I am, he can probably come and say at the end of this year, I, I can tell you where one is, but for my two cents worth, I have never seen a biography of Barabbas. However, The name Barabbas offers us a hint about this person. Remember that in the Jewish culture, people gave their kids names which meant something. And go back to Hosea, and you remember those three kids? The first one said one thing, and the second one said another one, and the the third one said not Mine. Basically, Hosea, when they had their third child, the name was not mine. Because he knew his wife had been fooling around on him, and he knew the child was not his. You can take Peter, a rock. You can take Jesus, Jehovah says. Every name that they gave meant something. Now, I want you to think about the character of Barabbas. Who knows what is reportedly to be Barabbas' first name. Anybody? Jesus. Jesus Barabbas. Now just hang on to that thought for a second. Jesus Barabbas. You know what it sounds like? It sounds like that Pilate offered to the crowd the same thing that's being offered to us today. We're being offered two Jesuses. Do you choose Jesus Barabbas 
Or you, do you choose Jesus, Messiah? Now you take his last name, Barabbas. Barabbas. Bar literally, literally means of the Father. It means, it means like Daddy. It means Dear Father. So you got Bar, Dear Father, Daddy. And then that Rabbis tends for us to believe, John Phillips is a real proponent of this, that it meant that he was the son of a father who was a rabbi. Dear Father, who was a rabbi. This causes us to believe that Barabbas was raised, as we would say, right. Y'all got what I'm saying? He was raised right. He grew up thinking right, being taught right. Probably grew up the apple of his daddy's eye. You think about that name, Jesus Barabbas. And you know what came to my mind as I was studying and thinking? is that song where we say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's just something about that name. And really, with Jesus Barabbas, there was something about that name to tell us that he was raised right. He knew better. He had a heritage. He had been raised to understand the principles of the law. And here he was, a murderer. Now, folks, the very fact that we're here tonight under the sound of the gospel and the fellowship of God's people tell us that we have an heritage that is undeniable. We have a heritage of, of having heard about God's judgment on people who don't, don't receive Jesus. You see, every time God's message of the gospel and judgment, and particularly judgment on people who have not heard Him, every time it's spoken, our hearts hurt, and, and even we're divided because, because we know what's right, because we know what's wrong. And we know that God will judge people who are unrepentant. We know that God will judge people who continue to be selfish and in in self-centered in their lifestyle. Your heritage today, this is the point I want to make, is there's nobody in this room who is here this morning or tonight who will be, ever be able to stand before God and make the argument that I didn't know. Does that, does that concern anybody but me? I have a great church and Christian background just like Barabbas. A great heritage. But listen, that's not enough. That's not enough to get me to heaven. Great background. The second thing I can tell you that I'm like him, he had a great and undeniable heritage. The second thing that I will tell you is that he was unquestionably guilty. Guilty. Somewhere along the road of life, Barabbas took a wrong turn. And not only did he take a wrong turn, but he took his sin to another level. He became rebellious and, and caused trouble that even led to murder. He had, been, he had been tried in the court of Rome there in Jerusalem, and he was awaiting a sentence of death. Folks, do you know that's us before we meet Jesus? 
We've been tried in the court of heaven. The Bible says all have sinned. The Bible says there's none righteous. The Bible says we've fallen short of God's glory. The Bible says in Isaiah 3, 9, they look on their countenance, witnesses, excuse me, they look on their count and their countenance witnesses against them and they declare their sin as Sodom and they do not hide it. You see, Barabbas was as guilty of crimes against Rome just as surely as we are guilty of crimes against the Father. He was convicted. We are convicted. And by the way, you go, well, that's not, you know, I don't, I've never done anything real bad. I've never smoked or drank or chewed or run with women who do. And, and I've never done anything real bad. And I remind you of what James, the half-brother of Jesus, wrote. He wrote, whoever has offended the law at one point is guilty of it all. And I'll illustrate that to you. This way, anybody in here, I know this is a dangerous question, anybody ever here killed another person with a, taking their human life from them? Has anybody in here, don't raise your hand now, has anybody ever in here had a speeding ticket? Here's what I'm telling you. When, you're, when, you, are, when you have a speeding ticket, you're guilty of breaking the law just as sure as you broke the law of murder. Whoever's guilty at one point is guilty as a lawbreaker. That's where we stand before God. That's how we're like Barabbas. He had broken the law there in Rome, and he was about to pay for it. He was about to pay for it with his life. We are guilty of breaking God's law. In the court of God, standing on my own by myself, I am guilty. And by the way, he holds the keys. And there is no escape on my own. The third similarity that I see, not only he had an undeniable heritage and was unquestionably guilty, but he had an uncertain future. He had an uncertain certain future. I've already said this. In the court of Rome, they generally went directly from the courthouse to the gallows, to the cross. And it just took minutes, and you were dead. Yet for some reason, listen, for some reason, Barabbas was in being held and waiting. You can think what you want. I think it was a divine intervention and a divine plan and a divine action. Because the truth is it paints a picture for us today. If you've not been listening or if I've lost you, stay with me. You see, folks, without Christ, we are waiting in our sin. We are waiting in a cell of our sin. We are locked away and in bonds. And the punishment is coming. In fact, in our study on authentic today, Dr. McDonald was showing us this nice facility that they've been given that was 
for that was used back in the 19th century for um, uh, boy, I just went blank for the Masonic Lodge. They talked about how men came there to join and did all the things that humans did. But he said, in all the time that it was used, it was a big structure. He said the gospel was never preached. He said this structure survived the Chicago fire. He said, but I think with the gospel not preached, how many lives were here that will not survive the fire of a Christless eternity? You see, Barabbas, Barabbas was in prison. Just like we can be in spiritual prison. Nahum, chapter 1, verse 3 says this. The Lord will never leave the guilty unpunished. The Bible says we've all sinned. The Bible declares the wages of sin is death. And I'll just tell you that the Bible is as good as its word. We're in holding and we're in waiting until the jailer comes with the keys and opens the door. And we trust Jesus. And Jesus lets us out because Jesus takes our place. You see, when Jesus Christ came to Jesus Barabbas, the doors were open. The shackles released. And Barabbas walked out free. That's how I'm like Barabbas. When I'm the one that should have been crucified... He was the one that was crucified. When he came to me, the doors of my blindness were open. The shackles of my sin were erased. And you know why? Because Jesus died for me. Jesus was crucified for me. I mean, can you think about it? Barabbas walks out and he's going, what's going on? They go, you don't worry about it, Barabbas. Jesus is going to die. Wait a minute, my name's Jesus. No, the other Jesus the rabbi Jesus. Jesus called the Christ. Jesus the King. He's going to die. You mean he's going to die today so I don't have to? Oh, that's the story. Over the centuries, and particularly the last 50, 75 years, I can speak to one song after another been written. I remember hearing the Oak Ridge Boys on one of their last gospel albums sing these words, Once a man who we know is the Son of God hung upon a cruel tree. He suffered shame as no mortal man. He took my place. He did it all for me. I remember in the mid-70s, Ron and Carol Owens wrote the songs, When we were sinners, Jesus came and took upon himself our blame. He died for us. There once stood a wall, deep and wide, strong and tall, And then I remember, I don't know, some of you, maybe, I don't know if you remember when my friend Gordon Jensen came here about six or seven years ago, prolific songwriter, and he wrote these words. He said, I was guilty with nothing to say. And they were coming to take me away. When a voice from heaven was heard that said, let him go, take me instead. I should have been crucified. That's the song of me. That's the song of you. That's the song of Barabbas. I should have suffered and died. 
I should have hung on the cross in, dis- in disgrace. But Jesus, God's Son, took my place. Folks, tonight, I or we, however you prefer it, I am Bar- Barabbas because I should have been crucified. I am Barabbas because Jesus did it all for me. I am Barabbas because Jesus died in my place. I am Barabbas because Jesus saved me from sure and certain death. Are you Barabbas? If you're not, you need to be. Because if you're not Barabbas, you have that Christless eternity waiting for you. You can come to Christ even today. Let's pray together. Father, I thank You for Your love, Your Word. I thank You for how You sent Jesus. You didn't just let Him come. You sent Him. You sent Him to take my place. I pray that as we come right now, if there's someone here who hasn't invited Christ into their life, I pray that right now they will. While we continue to pray, I'm just going to ask Dana to play for us. This is your time to revisit, to revisit and make sure that Jesus has come to you and released you from your prison of sin. If He hasn't, why not let Him do it right now? Because He wants to. He is knocking at your heart's door. Would you let Him in? I'm here. If you want to talk to me, I'll be glad to talk with you. (laughs) 